So I want to start today by saying we've lost the biggest source of my entertainment for the last nine months. Trapped has been suspended from Twitter. <laughs> New metal band Trapped has been suspended from Twitter. Chris, if you're out there, I feel like we had a thing, me, you and me. Like, we had a connection where you'd say some dumbass shit and I'd just say something dumb back to you and you never ever blocked me because you were too headstrong. <laughs> but it was a good run. But the second you defended pedophiles, it was a bit much. <laughs> Jesus Christ, is that why they got suspended? Yeah. He was trying to, like, make it, uh, like, compare how it's worse for, like, a child get sexually assaulted by a priest than, like, a 15-year-old sleeping with, like, a 25-year-old teacher. And it's like, dude, it's the same. It's, it's the same shit. Yeah. But for some reason, he just couldn't see it. So, sorry, Chris. Who the fuck tweets about that, even? I mean, that's Twitter, though. Twitter's a fucking hellhole. It is, but I love it so much. We love our damaged hellhole. Exactly. We all love our own damaged hellhole in one way or the other. My favorite damaged hellhole is Instagram. So. Yeah, and that one's getting more damaged by the day. Yeah. It became a shopping mall, and now it's the shopping mall that no one goes to anymore because malls are like an early 2000s thing, and they're all slowly being abandoned. They're taking away the lingerie shops from the mall, and I think that that sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Instagram's trying to ban sex workers, so they're like putting in this new policy starting December 20th that like like a no a zero tolerance like for sexual content policy, and I might get banned. <laughs> I also might get banned. So I wiped a whole I wiped a whole bunch of shit from my account and like sent out messages to everybody who I cared about like hey. Do you have Facebook or or a number I can grab from you? So if I vanish off the face of the earth, I can still keep in contact with you. I mean, I haven't wiped anything, and I'm probably going to get a, a swift kick in the ass from stuff I posted like two years ago. I know, exactly. Everyone's, everyone's going to get fucking banned. Everybody's posted sexual shit on Instagram. Here's the thing, though. You'd think they would learn after, like, Tumblr banned, like, porn and, like, sexual themes... Like the mass exodus no, from exactly. Tumblr was like it's huge. Like you think they people would know? You think these people would know? Like Tumblr's like a dead website. No, now. it is. As as somebody who still uses Tumblr, it's fucking dead. I w- I hopped off of it when that that um thing happened, and the mass exodus happened, and then I came back um recently in the past you know six months, and uh yeah. Mass Exodus really did happen, and the site's a shithole, and it's empty. And even then, some porn still gets past the bots, but not a lot. Frickin' bots. But to end off my trap thing, I had my heart broken because there was news late Monday night that Chris Taylor Brown of Trapped had been fired from the band. (laughs) (laughs) And every news, like, music news site reported it, and I was like, oh, happy day. What? This is beautiful. This, this is beautiful. And then it wasn't true. 
It was a hoax. Damn it. Because Parler is a shit show of fake accounts and also its security is non-existent. <laughs> Welcome to Music is Good. <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm Devlin Galloway and today I am joined as always by... Annie Nygren. Hello. Wow, that was quite a, quite a voice for this one. I'm sorry. No, I liked it. I'm feeling fun and flirty. You know what? You're allowed. I liked it. I think it's, I think it's good. It's, I get a pass. You always get a pass. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, what are we talking about today, Annie? One sec. I gotta check how late Starbucks is open. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Starbucks East Hastings. <laughs> That's far to go for Starbucks. Look. Hastings and Caslow. Is that the right one I'm thinking of? Yeah, it's the drive-thru. It's open until 10. Okay, sweet. I could probably make it make it to the Starbucks in time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how long we're recording for. If not, I will simply go to McDonald's for coffee. I mean, McDonald's coffee's better. McDonald's coffee Okay, you know, before we introduce the album, it's side tangent time, because I tell this story every time this comes up. Do you know why McDonald's coffee is so good? I feel like you've tell, told this like early, early on in the podcast. I think I talked to like you and Matt about it, but this is like my ice. This is like my icebreaker when I make new friends. Maybe. So, the Tim Hortons recipe for their coffee expired a couple of years ago, and it was around the same time that Burger King bought them. McDonald's bought the recipe to the old Tim Hortons coffee, and that's why old Tim Hortons coffee rocked ass, and now it sucks. And that's why McDonald's coffee rules now, because they bought the old Tim Hortons recipe, and the new Tim Hortons coffee is just a shitty Burger King coffee. <laughs> Burger King. Burger King. Burger King. Burger King's Burger. disgusting. Burger King's nast, dude. Like, the worst of all the fast food restaurants. Oh, like, by far. Like, fucking lower than D tier. I really feel like we've had this discussion on the podcast before. I think we had this discussion when me and you and Matt were, like, all hanging out for the first time and playing Overcooked. Oh, totally. The very first time I ever met Devlin, we played Overcooked on the Switch like, to be absolutely honest, Devil and I have only really known each other for, like, just over a year. If that. <laughs> now that I think about it, it feels like it feels like a lot longer, but <laughs> it feels like a lot longer. I mean, I hate you started a podcast Devlin, together, but <laughs> things happen, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, man. It's been, been a hell of a year. It's been, like, 800 years. It's a few. It's it's a week to Christmas, which is insane. Fuck. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I turned twenty eight in two weeks. I really hate that. When's your birthday? January third. Oh shit! You're like almost exactly a month after my birthday. It was just my birthday, December second, for all of those concerned. Uh, I share a birthday with the original bad girl, uh, Britney Spears. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Britney. I love Britney. Um, I share my birthday with Nostradamus. That's cursed. <laughs> yeah, it's a little cursed. 
Anyway, what are we talking about today? Oh yeah, okay. Um, I picked this album, but disclaimer, I did not do a ton of research on it. Um, because I've been overworked for the past week. I've been working a lot of shifts, so I think I've worked six of the past seven or eight days. I don't know. Um, my work fired our manager and we had to replace somebody, so... We were looking for a new employee. Who the hell fires someone in the middle of a pandemic? Uh, he was a mess. We all hated our manager. So. That's fair. We kind of had to. He refused to follow COVID protocols. So. Kind of had to fire him. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Axon. Managers are class traders anyway. Yeah, true. Agree. Anyways. Um. So, I didn't get a ton of chances to do a lot of research on this, but, um, but this week we're doing, uh, Townsend Zant's third album, which was his self-titled album, released on Poppy in 1969. Uh, This isn't even written down, I just know this on off the top of my head, because I love this album a lot. (laughs) I wish I, like started a record label around the time where you could do a snappy one word label and not have to think of something like convoluted and obscure like <laughs> your record label after oh it's like yeah it's like all these old record labels and bands had so many opportunities because there was such a lack of like commercialized bands like as compared to now so nobody had taken all the cool names like the cool one one word band names that we all wish we had. Literally, one word is perfect for naming anything. No, exactly. Placeholder Records is pretty good. I think that's good. You know why it's called that? No, I don't know why. Because it's a it was a placeholder for an actual name. Ooh, that's good. I didn't make it up. That's what I. That's what I. That's what I figured it was. But my uh, my friend Yens said it by chance when I was over making dinner with him once. So. I was like, that's good. I'm going to run with that. How, how long have you been running Placeholder for, Devlin? Since late 2016. Oh, wow. So, like, four years. Damn. Yeah. Got ten releases. Please go buy my friend's music. <laughs> I have never heard Towns Van Zandt before. But I have a shirt of theirs, so I was doing the thing where I had never listened to the band, but I bought the shirt and wore it around. So, actually, his real name is literally Towns Van Zandt. It's not even his, like, a band. Well, I think his first name is James, isn't it? I I think it's, like, James Towns Van Zandt or something. Oh, no, he's got a super convoluted name. One second. He's got, like, a really convoluted name, if I remember correctly. I got it. I got it. John, John, John Towns Van Zandt. Yeah. Say that like three times fast. That's like a like one of those. John Towns Towns Van Zandt. John Towns Van Zandt. John Towns Van Zandt. John Van. <laughs> I literally can't. So I had not heard heard this out anything by him coming in, and I have this shirt that has a dog on it that's wearing a cowboy hat and has like a bandana and a smoke, and it's like Towns Van Zandt. Uh, portrait of the artist as a dog. Why don't I have that shirt? What the heck? When I'm moving, you can have it. Uh, 
Yay, thank you. So yeah, I had never ever listened to him before, and this is like shockingly really, really good. I shook Devlin. I keep giving Devlin albums that they've never listened to, and then I'm shaking them to the core because I have good music taste. <laughs> I'm just stoked anytime <laughs> someone gives me new music. I have this like fear because I read it in like an article like 10 years ago where like when you reach a certain age, your brain just goes back to all the same music you've heard over and over again because you're like less likely to like new music because your neurons are fully formed so you don't like new things. Oh god, okay, that scares uh... me. That really scares me. Right? It's terrifying. But year after year, it's proven wrong and that makes me feel good. So anytime new music shows up that I really like, I'm like, Oh, my neurons are fine. <laughs> that that really scares me because I'm I have not listened to like hardly any new 2020 music because I just didn't want to, and I'm scared that that's what's happening. I feel like that's just personal preference, though. What did I listen to, the, to this year that was new? I listened to um your band's album, and I listened to um. What's the fucking um uh, adult? Okay, the band Adult, their new album. I don't know whether you call them adult or adult period because the name is literally just like adult and that has a period on the end. I think it's just adult. Anyways, I listened to their new album and I listened to. I listened to one new album. Anyways, that's all I can really remember for 2020 music that I've listened to. <laughs> I, I mean, I had a whole top ten. I didn't do a good job of listening to new music this year. I'll send you more new music. Please do. Like, that new Fiona Apple album. God damn. I didn't listen, I didn't listen to Fetch the Little Cutters. You should, because... I meant to, but I was just like, this is going to make me sad. And I, like when it came out, I was like, I'm in the middle of a pandemic doing absolutely nothing. This is just going to make me sad. So why the fuck would I want to listen to this? And yet we listened to this and this made me. Like, this is really sad stuff. It's, it is. So you're very selective about your sad. You're like, new sad. Fuck that. I want vintage dusty sad. I want cowboy sad. He's just a, a lonesome cowboy. Actually, no, to bring funny. our good good other host, Matt, into this, what did Matt say about this when I told him earlier today? Matt called it... I'm on my not-the-right-Instagram account. Matt called it Lonely Cowboy Soup. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Um, Lonely Cowboy Soup. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, I also described this album to you earlier as like chicken noodle soup in album form. Yeah. Which it kind of is. I don't know how to explain it's, that thoroughly, but like, it is. It's it's like a classic. It's kind of heartwarming. It's like, I don't know. I think that's what It's like it. cozy. And even though it's like sad, you're like comfortable in I don't know. It's an old classic. So, yeah, I know exactly. Um, this is, like, the old classic for me. Um, it's, like, one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, it's definitely in my top five. Um, my, the most expensive record I own is an original poppy press of this record. Which, 
I didn't spend a lot of money on because I traded a whole bunch of records for it, and I absolutely would not have spent $350 on a record. Holy shit. If I had not traded a whole bunch of shit. If it's brand new, it's worth 500 so it's kind of insane how much this record what is worth. What the hell? But... I recently tried to get someone a record by The Caretaker, and it was like a, was like a single that they released a number of years ago, and they didn't make a lot of them. And for some reason, I was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It won't be that expensive. And I go on Discogs, and they want, like, 400 fucking dollars plus shipping for this, <laughs> this single. And I'm like, no fucking way am I doing that. I'm sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot, dude. Yeah. It was like, I just forget often that nerdy collectors are out there, and they for resell things for ridiculous prices. Yeah. I understand, like, an older record be wor- like being worth a lot. Like, I think the three most expensive records I've got are um, the Tanzan's Ant one. Um, I've got an original print of Suicide by Suicide, which was only... S- it only sold, like, 7,000 copies, so it's, like, it's rare as fuck. Um, and then a copy of Only Theater of Pain by Christian Death, which is also rare as fuck because it wasn't super popular at the time. So these are all... Wow, these are all, like, podcast veterans, these albums. Yeah. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, like, records are stupid expensive. And I refuse to spend over, like, $400 on a record. That's just too much. Is, four, is 400 your limit? Yeah. Especially a fucking, um, especially a fucking single. What the hell? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But also, my limit is so much lower than yours. <laughs> I'm a collector. I like to collect, but I'm not a wealthy collector, let's say. I don't have thousands to spend on one record. Like, I really want a copy of Dicks Hate the Police by The Dicks. And, um, but, I, like, I was, like, joking about, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, not that expensive, right? And then, like, one day I was scrolling through, like, Discogs every month publishes the most expensive records that sold that month. And one of them was the Jack Save the Please single. I was like, well, whoops. Okay. I was like, well. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> I don't want this. I, uh... I think the most expensive records I own is I have a collection of glass records before they started like making the um the like the vinyl vinyl. The records used to be made of glass. Oh cool. That's really old. The yeah, hell? they're really old and they're it's like um it's like trumpet jazz, basically. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. They sound like absolute shit, but they're really warm. Yeah, because they're on glass. Yeah, it's really like, are we surprised? It's really warm, but yeah, it's it sounds like it's made of glass. <laughs> um, I guess a little more background information around towns, since I did the research this week. Yeah, I know a bit. I know some some stuff about towns, but I could not tell you the whole story. This is his third album. Before that, he started playing, started up in like Houston, Texas, playing shows at a place called the Joker Lounge or Jester Lounge. The Joker Lounge. <laughs> We're fully Joker-fied uh, on this podcast. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's okay. The Joker Lounge. I'm the Joker, baby. 
Okay, who's the best Joker, and why is it Jack Nicholson? It is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Mark Hamill's close second, though. Okay, true. Yeah. Yeah, the Jester Lounge in Houston, Texas. Used to do $10 shows, which is like, nothing's changed. People around here still do that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, But he never played originals. He only played covers back then. Then the Jester Lounge closed down, and he moved on to Sound... Sand Mountain Coffee House in Houston as well. And that's around the time his father actually convinced him to start writing original music. The very first song he ever wrote is one of the songs on this album, so... Yes. This album contains four newer versions of songs that were on his original uh, release. His first album, yeah. Because he wasn't happy of how like overproduced they were. Which is really funny for back then because I wouldn't say any of it was overproduced. God, no. Yeah, his father encouraged him to start writing music, and he did. He also tried out for the, a band called the 13th Floor Elevators. <gasps> no way! I did not know that about him! Yeah, he tried out for bass, having never played bass for... That's crazy! What the heck? I did not know that about him! That's crazy! He got rejected. He got rejected. <laughs> Aww! Dude, do you imagine how much like hi- like music history would have changed if Towns Van Zandt was in the 13th floor elevators? What the fuck? I've never actually listened that to them. That would be so weird. Classic psychedelic band. Um, like the quintessential psychedelic band. I probably should listen to them. You wouldn't have, yeah, you would have no psychedelic without the 13th floor elevators. Like, or, like early garage psychedelia. It's great stuff. Then in uh, 1968, his friend... I can't read my own writing. Anyway, his friend introduced, uh, convinced him to move to Nashville, where he met his longtime producer, Cowboy Jack Clement. That's his name. It's Jack Cowboy Clement. I know that name, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's like just... Basically, the little sum up before this record came out. Obviously, the two records came out in that span of Houston to Nashville, but Nashville is just Nashville. It's a huge city for music. Why wouldn't you move there? I mean, I'm not going to move there. Nashville, Nashville's an amazing city. I considered about going to school there when I first graduated high school. I've been a couple of times, and it's it's just got such warm vibes in Nashville. It's such a nice city, dude. Maybe one day. Everyone's really nice. One day. It's just it's just going outside of the city is when it gets scary. <laughs> <laughs> There's a like Confederate flags everywhere. I don't even know where Nashville is on a map. I don't know where states are. Do you know where Tennessee is? No. It's like a re- small, like a thin rectangular state. East, like the middle, Middle East America, if that makes sense. Middle East America. What? <laughs> I don't know what the areas are called. Yeah, I don't know um, either. It's it's a great state. It's just got a lot of issues. <laughs> As um, most of the states do. One of my... Yeah. One of my close friends, um, who I used to play in a band with, Highline, is from Nashville. And everyone from Nashville is just like... Everyone I've met from Nashville is just a really nice person. But to be fair, similar to, like, like most, it's kind of interesting because Nashville's not a huge city, but similar to a lot of big cities like New York and L.A., almost all of the people there aren't actually from Nashville. Like, they're from 
other places, and they've all just moved to Nashville. Oh, yeah. That's how it goes in, like, cities like that. Like, Vancouver is just all, like, Calgary and Edmonton expats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I guess the other bit of history is that towns had a really, really, and I mean really, rough life. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fun one to talk about. His, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And hey, me too, baby. <laughs> and uh, was put through insulin coma treatment for it. And if you don't know what that is, um, I guess content warning medical talk for a it's, second here. It's it's what it is what it sounds like. They give you insulin to the every day to the point where you're put into a coma for several weeks at a time. So just ridiculous. I'm glad it's not common anymore. I'm really happy that that's what's going to fix my bipolar disorder. I, I think that will ruin every anyone's life. <laughs> if there's any doctors out there willing to treat me with insulin coma uh, treatment, please Please don't. <laughs> so this caused him from a very young age to basically tank his long-term memory. And, which is scary to think about. Imagine not having a long-term memory. That'd be really terrifying. Yeah, like, it's like having, no, I guess that's short-term. God, I can't even imagine losing memory. Like, that's one of the most terrifying things. To I'm me. so scared of dementia. Like, that is, like, the most terrifying thing to me. I think dementia is terrifying, more terrifying than any other disease. Dementia and my two biggest fears are dementia and accidentally driving my car into a body of water and then slowly drowning inside of my car. I mean, both of those are equally terrible. <laughs> those are my two biggest fears. I think those are rational, normal fears. <laughs> um, but um, all throughout his career, he suffered uh, with addiction. And just the stuff that came with that. Apparently in the 70s for a small stint, he like isolated himself and lived in a cabin with no electricity or telephone. Like This is not necessarily confirmed, but it's like something that I do know about his history. Is that supposedly his management kept him hooked on heroin. Like they'd give him money to get heroin or they'd get him heroin just so he kept creating. Which I think is really fucked up and tragic. I think at some point he kicked the heroin addiction, but then he got really addicted to alcohol, and he died as a result of that in the 90s, which is, he was only in his 50s, like early 50s, which is really, really tragic. Yeah, he passed away uh, New Year's Day 1997, cardiac arrhythmia caused by years of uh, substance abuse. Yeah, it's... He had a really rough life, as as a lot of quote-unquote cowboys do. I think that, like... Because, I mean, Towns Van Zandt is the quintessential outlaw, like, outlaw country star, right? Like, when you think outlaw country, you think Towns Van Zandt, and you think Johnny Cash. And to me, Towns is just kind of... Like, he's the signifier of that lifestyle. He was... He's just, like, an entirely tragic life, writing tragic songs. <laughs> like, it's... A lot of... What Towns represents to me is the epitome of mm -hmm. that genre. He is the lonesome cowboy. 
He literally is, yeah. And uh, it was recorded in Bradley's Barn in Nashville, which is a hilarious name for a studio. <laughs> like I said before, songs on this are just updated versions of his first record. Towns played everything on this record. Violin, guitar, every instrument, it's all him. Yeah, kind of like Prince. <laughs> yeah, no way, Prince had people. No, he didn't. His mm. early albums, he didn't. Really? Yeah. Now I gotta go back and fix that episode then. Well, not, I mean, not like, like, Purple Rain did have other people playing on it, but there's a couple Prince records where it was just him. That makes sense. But yeah, I was just impressed by that, because like, who the fuck just casually pulls out violin and is like, yeah, I could play that. <laughs> I mean, like, it would have been fiddle, so for a lot of, like, Southerners, yeah. I guess that would make oh, sense. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Isn't that a stereotype, though, that, like, all Southerners can play the fiddle? I mean, it is a stereotype, but I think it's kind of true. <laughs> I mean, at least at least of a certain generation. Like, not this generation, for sure, but... I mean, you gotta be ready for when the devil comes down. No, exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I, I agree with that statement. Yeah, and just to, to reiterate, this album is Chicken Noodle Soup. Yeah. Some people also call this record the kitchen record. Yeah, because he's in the kitchen on the front cover. That's actually the kitchen of Poppy Records. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. It's a it's a beautiful photo. Yeah, dude. it's really good. Like, it's, it's a gorgeous photo. If I mean, you can just go and Google it, but it's a picture of town sitting centered in the middle of a kitchen at a blue table and he's kind of got his his face in his hand and there's a like a blue open door on the right hand side it's a very intricately designed kitchen it's beautiful it's very mm -hmm. classic like southern kitchen yeah very very pretty my friend kevin friend of the pod uh tried to pull a fast one on me earlier and i was asking because of my friends in the discord server that i'm active in are big Towns Van Zandt fans. And I was like, anyone got any fun Towns facts? And uh, Kevin told me he, he has a brother named Cities. <laughs> I was just going to wait for that to set in. I was like... Stop! <laughs> you just got me! And I actually looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> you just got me thinking about... Um... It took me literally years to figure out that Dallas Green's pseudonym, City and Color, was a city, Dallas, and a color, Green. It literally took me years to figure that out. That's what it made me think I literally of. just figured, I just, you just explained it to me. I did not get it. <laughs> I don't know why it never clicks to anybody. I mean, it's not it really obvious. Doesn't. So honestly, it's it's probably just kind of a shitty band name then. If I mean, it's, it's really smart, obvious, but like it's also just a good band name in general. Yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna argue that one, but Adam, I think it's good. I love a Dallas Green. I have mixed feelings about Dallas Green. I have not listened to Dallas Green in probably ten years. <laughs> probably been about seven or eight for me. Um, want to get into the songs? Sure. First one, uh, Waiting Around to Die. 
So that was one of the album, like one of the, it was, that was the very first song mm-hmm. he ever wrote, which is fucking wild to me because <laughs> there's a story about him writing that song where he goes into the cupboard. This is how he described it. He went into the cupboard under the stairs or some shit to write the song and he, and his wife, he's like recently wedded to his wife. So she's like, she's just like thinking, oh, he must be writing some really sweet love <laughs> song. And then he comes out with that. <laughs> which is... Which is... It's a lot. Um, it, it's my favorite song on the record. Um, it's a classic, too. It's not his most famous song. His most famous song is uh, Pancho and Lefty, obviously. But Waiting Around to Die is, like, the quintessential town song. Like, it's... A classic. I think it's my favorite on the record. It's great, yeah. Also, it's so dark. It's so dark, dude. Um, If you're looking for a really great video to watch of Towns, there's this 1970s documentary called Heart Worn Highways. Very famous music documentary um, about a whole bunch of the outlaw country stars. It's just kind of following them in their story, but um, Towns has, he plays this song, it's a really great clip, in front of a couple of his, I forget what the, who the woman is, but the man is his friend, but he he plays this song and he makes his old man friend, they're like a really weird like duo of friends, it's like, you know, a young man making friends with an old man and they're just kind of like buddies and they're like op- polar opposites, but it's kind of a sweet relationship. Oh, but he plays the song and he makes he makes this old guy cry, and it's just it's really it's really it's heartwarming, but it's also really sad just because of the content of the song. Like if you're making some of your close friends cry with you with your music, you know you've done a good job. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of like hitting a home run in your first game. No, exactly. Towns in an interview actually said, uh. Well, in an interview with Towns, Paul Zollo uh, said, You said Waiting Around the Die was your first serious song. You can't get much more serious than that one. And Towns replied, I have a few others like that when I don't, like that one I don't play all the time. I have to watch that when I do shows. I have to stay away from that side because nobody wants to hear blues on blues on blues. Yeah. Which is fair. Cause it's, it's, it's fair. It's fair. I would want to see him play it, but I'm not sure everybody would. Like, the lyrics to this song are, like, the chorus is, like, just absolutely banger. But, like, if you go in here, like, I'm on Genius.com right now looking at the lyrics. It's basically, it's a story about this guy who's been troubled his whole life. It's, he, like, you know, he's got a shit childhood. He's got a shit adulthood he goes to jail he's he's a robber he gets dumped by his girlfriend he gets cheat like she he gets fucked over by his girlfriend and his life is tragic he's an alcoholic and at the very end of the song he just drops a fucking bomb and he's like well you know what drugs is my best friend so i'm doing okay Like, literally the line is, ah, his name is Codeine. He's the nicest thing I've seen. Well, together we're going to wait around. It's like, and yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> drugs is my friend, right? Maybe 
Drugs are nice. <laughs> Drugs are nice. Um, I don't know. I'm laughing, but it's just tragic because he was addicted to substances. So yeah, and codeine fucks you up real hard. Codeine fucks you up real bad. Oof. I remember going. You ever just like like be completely sober and then run into somebody on codeine and you're like. Yo, what the fuck is up with you? <laughs> I remember going to this person's house with my bandmates, and they were combining codeine cough syrup and 7-Up. Yeah, a classic purple drink. Yeah, and I drank the wrong cup. Mine was supposed to be just 7-Up. And I remember... Oh, no! <laughs> I remember getting on the train to go home, and I was talking to my girlfriend at the time, and I just started slurring. And then, like, the, I don't remember any of the train ride, but I remember, like, being at a train station, just slumped over on the side, being like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it was, like, Cody's 2 in the morning, fucked, and I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> it's not good. It's not a fun time. No, it's not a good drug. I don't, I don't even get the appeal of doing it. Like, what's fun about being, like, feeling like I mean, that? We have no place to judge. I mean, yeah, I just, I'm not judging, like, addicts or anything. I just don't understand the, the appeal is what I'm trying to say. No, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't understand the appeal of most drugs, but I don't know. I, I've been there, done that type of thing. Oh, yeah, me too. Like, just... Don't know why people start doing it, but it happens. No, exactly. I mean, I do know why people start doing it, but... I don't know if I, like... Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I love... I just... To get out of the drug talk for a second. I love that old country songs, to start, you just name places and also that you're going somewhere. <laughs> you're kind of right. Like, the first line is, sometimes I don't know where this dirty road is taking me. So it's like, oh, okay, okay, you're on the road. You're on the road, and then he's going somewhere. And then verse two, it's like, I'm headed down to Tennessee, where someone said they take care of me. It's like, okay, okay, yeah, you're on a trip to Tennessee. The next verse is like, I met a girl at a Tuscaloosa bar, and it's like, oh, now you're in Tuscaloosa. And then verse four, it's Mus- he's going traveling. And then verse four, it's Muskogee, and it's like, okay, you're taking us on a trip here, towns. You're, t- and then, <laughs> well, it's like it's the story. A lot of outlaw country is about drifters. Yeah. Because that's what a lot of these outlaw country stars had experienced in their life, or that's what they wrote about was being a drifter. And it, I don't know how much you know about the drifter lifestyle, but it is a Just hopping lot. trains. <laughs> so that's like that's why that's a, that, yeah hopping trains. That's why it's such a common theme in outlaw country is just because you know drifters be drifting like they would travel all over the place especially in the american south but i still just really really love the whole idea it's like every verse you name a different place and it's like oh yeah we're going on a trip it's a really depressing trip but we're going (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna grow you're gonna grow from it but we're on a road trip the song is a road trip it's a road trip 
you know what? It's called waiting round to die, but all yeah, the traveling exactly. you do in this song, We're gonna it's not exactly waiting. No. Um, this is honestly, like, I say that it's my favorite song on the album, but it's honestly probably in my top ten songs ever written. Oh, it's fantastic. I think it's genuinely, like, it's just, there's something, if there's any song that we need to put at the end of the episode. I mean, that was the idea. There's... There's not even words to describe waiting around to die. Like, I don't say that a lot of, about a lot of music, to be honest. I'm kind of, like, picky about what I say is my favorite music, because, like, I don't know. It's controversial. There's some hot takes. There's a couple of bands where I'm like, oh, yeah, that's my favorite band. But this absolutely for sure, Waiting Around to Die, is one of my top ten favorite songs ever written. Like, it's top five album, top ten song. Like, there's, it's just, this album's a fucking work of art, and there's nothing else I could say. No, it is a work of art. Also, side note, I got Annie to like 100 Gex. No, I admitted that 100 Gex is okay. I admitted that Stupid Horse is an acceptable song. It's a great song. I wouldn't say it's great, but I would say it's fun to listen to. Fine. I'll take it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this song is just, like you said, it's just a work of art. And also, like, anyone who yeah. does, like, finger-picking guitar, I'm always immediately impressed, even if, like, the finger-picking, well, this finger-pricking, pricking, this finger-picking is phenomenal. But, like, even if someone's, like, kind of bad at it, I'm always impressed because I don't have that dexterity. Finger-picking? is something you either learn from country or classical guitar. Like, like Delta Blues, country, or classical guitar is kind of where you get the finger-picking from. I started by playing finger-picking so, and on a classical guitar, so I can kind of finger-pick. But to be as talented as Towns was as a finger-picking guitar player, like player, insane. I've tried to learn a couple of these songs, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Like, I cannot figure out what's going on. No, exactly. I remember my mom gifted me a classical guitar that she played as a child. That's exactly the classical guitars I've got. My mom's from when she was a kid, so... And all I did was play fucking power chords on it. I remember, like, trying to learn, like, a... <laughs> I think I, like, played, like, a bunch of Blink-182 songs on it once. <gasps> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> Like, I did not learn the material. I was just like, oh, nylon strings. That feels different. <laughs> nylon strings feel so much nicer on the hands, they do. dude. They really do. You know what I only asked for Christmas this year? What? I just asked for guitar strings. That's a good That's a good gift. Yeah, because I've been too lazy to go out and buy my own. <laughs> <laughs> and I had like an hour conversation with my brother trying to explain why they were called super slinkies. <laughs> Oh, you want the classic Ernie Balls. Yeah, I get it. I only play Ernie Ball Super Slinkies because I have baby fingers. <laughs> Literally same. My feet, like my fingies hurt, so I have to play Super Slinky um, strings. I mean, my fingers don't hurt. I just, I got used to it and I'm too scared to switch up. Yeah, my fingies don't hurt as much, but like as much as they used to, it's just... That I've lost. I don't play as much as I used to, so I've kind of lost some of that. But mm-hmm. 
I was not sure if like we normalized using thingies in that conversation. I feel like I used fingy without even thinking about it. <laughs> Oof me fingies. Oof me fingies. <laughs> My fingy. Just unironically becoming brain poisoned. No, I just like seriously unironically use the word fingies. I mean, it's good. It's very like, no, wait, you're not a millennial, so I can't say that. <laughs> Am I? No. I don't know. I'm like border. I think I'm a I think I'm a zoomer. You're a zillennial. I'm a zillennial. I'm like on the border. I've read like books, like textbooks for school where it's like, oh yeah, you're a millennial and I like I've gotten other takes from different people who are like, Oh yeah, you're a zoomer. I'm like, I who am I? This is <laughs> me to have a Having an identity crisis. crisis. I don't know what generation I am. <laughs> Who am I? Who are you, Annie? I don't know. Uh, Colorado Girl. Again. That was the second song? The song I picked, at least. Was that the right song? Yep. Alright, cool. Um, again, proving my country songwriting format to be true. The first line is, well, I'm going out to Denver. <laughs> I mean, not wrong. Yeah, a country song. You're always traveling. You gotta, you gotta name out at least one place in a verse, except the what the second verse you're, in the song. You're going, yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, for a like this music, there's so many verses in every song. Oh yeah. Oh totally. Like jam packed of lyrical content here, just like. I don't understand how you remember all of that, because I have such a horrible memory, especially considering the fact that the guy already had a fucked up memory, like... Yeah, that makes it even more impressive. How did... No, totally. his writing is like... How did you do this that? This writing is, like, godly. It's pro- It's prose. There's, like, hardly any repetition. It's prose. This, uh, this song also has a classic line... That I think is like the most country line I think I've ever read. What? Be there tomorrow, now, Mama. Don't you cry. I gotta kiss these lonesome Texas blues goodbye. Oh, that's so sweet. It is. I love it. But it's so sweet. This song is just about like going to see a girl in Colorado. I think. Yeah, pretty much. Some of these lines are really sweet. Like he's being real real cheesy about her. I think her. that's wholesome. Oh, it is wholesome. Like, it's the like level of cheese that I would definitely do to uh, my girlfriend. Damn, I wish that feel one no GF. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, well, the... I, don't, I can't relate. <laughs> can't relate, sorry. Next topic. Get out of here. So I've never been in love before, just saying. Annie, that's so depressing. No, that was that was ironic. Good, good. I have been in love before. Don't worry. Oh, that like punched me in the heart. I was like, oh, we're stopping the podcast. I need to talk to my friend. <laughs> sorry, sorry, um, can't relate. Well, sorry, can't relate. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Well, good on. for you. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Or, you know, give him the classic. Another side tangent. 
I think we need to bring back middle school arguments. Because, like, you, like, go on, like, Twitter and these people are, like, trying to, like, flush out these giant, like, intellectual arguments of people. And you know what has worked every time for me on transit when I've met, like, someone saying, like, oh, you're all pigs for wearing masks and you're all sheeple. That's happened? Yes. Amazing. Anytime I've run into a person like that, you just walk up. You don't have to walk up to them. I'm being dramatic. But you just look at them and you say, shut up. Nobody cares what you think. And nine times out of ten, they will sit down and shut up. So. Damn, you're brave. I'm too scared to say shit like that. Well, I mean, if someone's screaming on a silent train at, like, people who are just, like, listening to their iPod and, like, barely even listening to what they're doing and they're just being annoying, it's just like, dude, shut up. Nobody cares what you think. And it's, like, so, like, casual, but it's so powerful, I think. (laughs) Dude, just shut the fuck up, okay? It's just like, no one gives two shits what you're saying right now. We're just, no one cares. We're just trying to go to, like, Burkwitlam right now. <laughs> Dude, I'm just trying to get up to SFU, like... Like, I really please. don't care what you think. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to do what I do. Your screaming rant on the train is not going to change my mind. We had to... Not that I like to do this, but... It wasn't me, and I wasn't on shift, but one of my coworkers had to call the cops to get an anti-masker out of the store. Like, there's this woman who literally stood there for, like, 30 minutes yelling at him, telling him, You will serve me! And she was, like... (laughs) She's, like, in her 40s or some shit, like, typical Karen. And, (laughs) And, like, it... Like, they literally couldn't get her out of the store, so they straight up just called the cops, and she got escorted out by the cops. I don't get these, like, entitled people. Like, it's... I don't either. It's a store. Why do you care so much? It's literally, like, I'm not saying that, like, it should be, but, like, private stores are are private property, so, like, they don't actually have to serve you, dude. Shut up. Nobody cares what you think. If it was, like, a government building, maybe it'd be different, oh. but it's, it's, it's a private, it's a private business. Yeah, exactly. Um, similar thing, uh, Rhea and I went to the bookstore a couple weeks ago, and same thing, this guy would not leave after being told three times, and then so, they, like, wrestled him, they had to wrestle him out of the bookstore, and he, like, threw a tantrum and wrecked all the displays and stuff. And his whole store is, like, trying to throw this man out. Oh, my God. And then he just got... And then he got arrested for being a shit and, like, destroying his store. And it's like, what did you... That's the thing, though. It's like, what do you expect to happen out of this? You're going to throw a fit and, like, throw stuff on the ground? (laughs) You think everyone's going to be like, oh, okay, you can have your way? No. Like, what... I don't... Anyway. There's so many people like that, too. Like, you'd think that it would just be, like, a one-off incident, like, instance, but no, it's, like, a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I just don't get it. It's, like, if you do that, what do you expect to happen? I literally don't know, dude. I could not tell you. Anyway. It's just cognitive dissonance. (laughs) Pretty much. Anyway, this song is really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, verse two, like, well, the promise in her smile shames the mountains tall. It's like, oh. Oh, wholesome. Oh. She can bring the sun to shining, tell the rain to fall. Like, this, this is beautiful. It's so sweet, dude. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I love a journey that has a 
a sappy romance. What was the third one I picked? Was it Fairly Well Miss yes. Carousel? Sweet. We take our nice, sweet thing from the last song, and now this is about a breakup. And it's like about how like he's just going around and around and around on a carousel that never ends, which is this relationship, but it's not going anywhere. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. I have been in a relation I've been in relationships like that, so like I get it. I feel like we all have at some point where it's like Yeah. You're just riding that ride and you're like, Oh god, I kinda want off. Yeah. It'd be happening, I guess. He's describing how he's, like, seen her beauty and he's seen her flaws, but, like, no matter what, he just can't get off this carousel. Mm-hmm. Like, in the line, Well, the lady's been told that all the gold is worth so much it can't be sold. She can ring her bells, Miss Carousel, but her singing brings me sorrow. Mm. <laughs> it's so sad. I'm sorry I picked this song. <laughs> no, it's good. Like, that chorus, too, just slaps so hard. Won't you come and get me when you're sure that you don't need me then? I'll stand outside your window, and I'll proudly call your name. I'll stand outside your window, and proudly call your name. Yeah, I, um, I can't sing. I wish I could sing, because this would be all I could, I would sing. Just this album. There's a country star hidden in you, Annie. There, there could be the next Dolly hidden in me. I could be the next Emmy Lou, dude. I believe in you. Inside of us, Thank there you. are two wolves. <laughs> one is a lonesome cowboy. The other one is a lonesome gay cowboy. <laughs> Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> exactly. God, that movie's heartbreaking. It really <laughs> I cried at the end of that movie. Haven't we all cried because of Brokeback Mountain? I'm like the only one of my friends who's actually seen it that's like talked about it, so. Really? Yeah. That's weird, wow. right? Classic Is it movie. like an older phenomenon? I I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, Pod homework. Go watch uh, Brokeback Mountain. Towns Van Zandt it's... is not a gay cowboy, but there's gay cowboys in that movie, so. Yeah, go Go watch it. Do yourself a favor. It's it's fantastic. If you want gay cowboys, go watch that movie. <laughs> Who doesn't want a gay cowboy? I want gay cowboys. Exactly. Um, you reminded me though that Towns Van Zandt did a cover of a song called "Dead Flowers" for The Big Lebowski, and I did not know that till today. Yeah. Yeah. Dude within good. The Big Lebowski, I love that. But yeah, it's just another finger picking song. It's absolutely heartbreaking. Yeah, it'd be like that. <laughs> towns towns do be making you feel emotions, though. You reminded me. Uh, I was going through the descriptors of this album on Rate Your Music, and I just want to list them out. Uh, melancholic. Acoustic. Male vocals. <laughs> pastoral. I'm like, ooh, that's a good word. Uh, poetic. Sad. Bittersweet. Absolutely miserable. (laughs) (laughs) Love, longing, mellow, romantic, melodic, lonely, warm, sad, peaceful, calm. Absolutely miserable. It's like not wrong. (laughs) Oh, God. But like, 
this is also like rate your music. So like number thirteen for nineteen sixty nine, and honestly, this is another one of my new favorites. I think. Yay! <laughs> You're two for two, Annie. I am two for two. Damn, I'm doing a good job. I mean, we've avoided all the new about. I can't fucking say that band's name. You know the band. I'm just annoyed about. Yeah, that one. There I'm not go. gonna try anymore. You're not gonna even try and listen to the band. Some of the people commenting and reviewing this album though have really good names, like Hurdy Gertie Man sixty eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, love. Come on, man! You're one. <laughs> you're one number short of being a Hurdy Gertie Man sixty nine. <laughs> Is there a Hurdy Gertie Man sixty nine out there? Hurdy Gertie Man sixty nine must be out there, dude. For some reason, I'm I'm skimming this <laughs> review, and for some reason, the Baja men are mentioned in it. <laughs> Hurdy Gertie Man sixty eight. We love him. Yeah, uh, friend of the pod, Hurdy Gertie Man sixty eight. Contact us. Come on, come on the pod. We wanna we wanna come hear on your takes. Please come on the pod. <laughs> If he was born in 68, how old would that make him? Early 50s? Yeah, I think so. 52? That sounds about right. Did he play the hurdy-gurdy? 52. I hope he does. We need some 50-year-old representation on this podcast. We do. We need we need boomer rep- Actually, 52 would probably be um, Gen X. But um, we need some Gen X representation on this pod. We need some boomer representation on this pod. We need some silent representation on this pod. Old people. Let's go to a senior's home and, and review, like, interview people about their favorite music. Old people come on our podcast. I think every review on Rate Your Music is by an old man. Probably. <laughs> they all have such good names. This one guy has, like, a very old man photo and it's... His username is Grampus. <laughs> this is grandpa music. I think we are listening to grandpa music. We're listening to like melancholic middle-aged man music right now. This is like what your grandpa listens to in like the shop in the garage with like one of those weird Playboy calendars that are like vintage that's been on the wall for like 40 years. No, exactly. And he's like not really doing anything in there, but he's got like a a fridge full of beer and it's just the record playing it's just chilling my cousin um who i'm really close with hi sarah uh was telling me that my uncle um kenny my my mom's brother um for most of his life he's listened to like like classic rock and like um like dad blues off of youtube and recently apparently he texted her and said Sarah I am ready for Leonard Cohen please <laughs> <laughs> we all have that moment in our life and you know it's something it's like, like that is a pivotal moment in someone's life when they're like I am ready to have a phase of listening to Leonard Cohen <laughs> I haven't reached that phase myself yet but I know that day is coming because the other day I was actually tempted to listen to that album for the first time. Uh, which one? The one of Hallelujah on it. Oh, yeah. Um, my favorite Leonard Cohen song is Avalanche. But 
That's just the hot takes. I see you've already reached your phase in life where you were ready to listen to Leonard Cohen. I was ready to listen to Leonard Cohen when I was like 18. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They grow up so fast these days. (laughs) I'm sorry. I think that was condescending. No, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, the more I go down this page, the more it's just old men like profile photos. I love it. We love to see it. Bunch of people named Tom. We love to see it. Oh, we do. So, final thoughts. Even though I think it's pretty obvious. Why do we even do this segment? We always make it pretty clear at this point. Final thoughts is a dumb segment. (laughs) Yeah, we gotta stick to it because it gives gives us purpose in this. This is true. The first time I tried recording this podcast, I had no, no game plan. And it was five minutes of me being like, um, the Primus, um, uh, uh, I'm having a panic attack. I need to turn it off now. (laughs) Uh, Primus? Uh. That's a true story. You can ask Matt and Rhea. I literally was like, um, uh, mm, I'm going to have a panic attack. I need to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Final thoughts. I love this album. It has a special place in my heart. That's my final thought. My final thought is it is a beautiful mountain painting in a nice Texan home. Yes. It's pastoral. It's pastoral. And also it's old men music. Yeah. It's grandpa. Which, as, as it should be. It's grandpa shop music. Big just working on the truck energy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. What are you listening to this week, Annie? Uh, I just have my Spotify open. Um, I've been listening to 27 Demos by Marco Gurian. Uh, I've been listening to this band called Cyberplasm. Uh, what's that genre? I always forget what it is. It's like D-beat, but it's electronic. And it was kind of like pioneered in the, in the, um, in the like 90s. I forget what it's called. Let me Google this. Um, My brain immediately went to like cyberpunk because the game. No, no, it's like what do they fucking call it? Oh, I want to know. Digital hardcore. What a weird genre. Anyways, it's cyberpunk are a digital hardcore band, and they put out this album in two thousand and nineteen called The Psychic Hologram that I really like. Um, and what's the third thing I'm listening to this week? Uh, I've been listening to, uh, Caius. <laughs> Cause... I mean, Caius is good. Cause I like to smoke weed, and I like... I have a soft spot in my heart for, um, desert rock and that type of thing. Desert rock does rock. Desert rock is dope. Do. Rocks. Queens of the Stone Age are good. Come for me. <laughs> I mean, I like their earlier albums a lot better than their new stuff. But, you no, know, I, I agree. Queens of the Stone Age are good. Come for me. You may me. cancel your people pod, are this like, podcast now. People are going to cancel me for having bad opinions. I mean, like... They're good music. It's good. It's good, dude. It's good music. Um, Era Vulgaris, everybody's least favorite Queen's album. 
Best Queen's album. <laughs> You're right, and you should say it. Come, come for me. Come for us. I'm begging you to come for us. Um, what have I been listening to this week? I've been listening to a drum and bass record, actually, released by my friend's label, who I cannot remember the name of right now, because I'm a terrible friend. Ooh. Um, Kitty on Fire Records. Yes. Uh, it's called Gate Watchers by Cube Natural, and it's just, like, real, like, internet era electronic drum and bass, and it's super okay. cute and fun and nice. Because, like, I'm gonna be real with you, I haven't been listening to that much music this week, like, there's a few albums I have here, but I can't stop playing damn Apex Legends to my friends, and it's kind of embarrassing. Like, <laughs> it's pretty embarrassing. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that it's kind I'm not of the kind of person to play, like, competitive games, but for some reason this one is, like, synced, it's, like, evil toxic hooks in me and i can't stop so there's that and i've also been listening to high risk behavior by the chats which self-identify themselves as pub punk and they have songs like uh i'm on a smoke break so leave me alone <laughs> I, and another I, know, one called... I know of the chats i've just never listened to them it's a good time. I might actually end up covering them sometime soon because the song pub, be fun. the song Pub Feed is like the modern uh, TV party. Oh, sick. Okay, I'm ready for that then. TV I have not seen anyone say that, night. but I'm going to like die TV on that TV party tonight. We're going to have a TV party tonight. All right. I'm sorry. <laughs> that song was over the second it appeared in Futurama. <laughs> Actually, that's so sad. It did. It was like on an episode where all I did was watch TV. Tragic. Yeah. Why would you do that to Black Flag? We all get old someday. We do all get old someday. But yeah, that's the two uh, albums I recommend this week. But also, don't play free-to-play games. They are a trap, and they will dig their dirty, toxic hooks in you. I can't stop. <laughs> I went up a rank. I'm playing competitive. I have a problem. <laughs> I'm not that into video games. I play simple girl games such as The Sims and Stardew Valley, so I, mean, you're I right, can't though. have any takes. They're good games. They're good games. They're not even girl games. They're just good games. Girl games don't exist. No, exactly. Everyone calls them girl games, but I'm fine. That's fine with me. I'm comfortable in that in that aspect. Controversial take. Uh, no gamers' rights. Twenty twenty one. Gamers' rights canceled. No gamer rights. No, no gamer rights. I'm sorry, Devlin. I'm not a gamer. I just enjoy playing games. Because guess what? My hobby is not my identity, so I can't have rights. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's it for this week. I'm Devlin Galloway. You can follow me at Devlin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow my record label at Placeholder Records at placeholder rec on twitter and at placeholder records on instagram it's always hard to say that because for some reason they're different and you can follow this podcast at music is good pod on instagram and twitter and brand new is we now have patreon we did the thing we took the dive you can subscribe to us at patreon for what we will be going to be recording next which is a listen along and uh you also get the episodes two days earlier because if you're giving us money, I gotta give you something. You also get access to our Discord. 
you get a whole bunch of fun things. And also, we only charge a dollar and five dollars because please, for the love of God, don't give us more than five dollars. God, I would feel guilty. Me too. So don't. There's not even an option to. So don't worry about it. But yeah, we have Patreon now. And that's my whole spiel for today. Uh, I'm Andy Nickard. Uh, you can find me at Tanky Teardrop on Instagram because I love communism. Also on Twitter now. I'm on Twitter, but I haven't touched it yet. <laughs> I'm also at Tanky Teardrop on Twitter, which I've been name sniping that name on like literally every platform. It's been pretty good. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. Um. And yeah, that's that's where you can find me. I haven't touched Twitter yet. We'll see if I do. Oh, you will. I just joined. I just joined in in case Instagram kills my account. Hey, Instagram, don't. I don't want to go to Twitter. How about just don't? Anyway, bye. bye. Sometimes I don't know where this dirty road